You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you less than a week before the 2021 NFL Draft. Months of speculation about what your New York Giants will do will finally come to an end as we find out over three days exactly which players your New York Giants will will bring in to try to help them in 2021 and beyond. As part of the build-up to the draft, General Manager Dave Gettleman and Scouting Director Chris Pettit met with uh, media via Zoom video conference on Thursday. You can find many of my thoughts on what uh, on what Gettleman and Pettit had to say at Big Blue View. Today what I want to do rather than uh, pontificating and giving you, you know, my views on everything that that Gettleman said, what I'm going to do is play some some audio clips from Gettleman and Pettit and uh, and let you guys hear you know what was said, and you can make your own judgments as to uh, as to what you what you think of of Gettleman's words, Pettit's words, what the Giants' plans might be. Also, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to hear from draft analyst Dane Brugler of the Athletic, one of the uh, one of the better draft analysts in the business, and uh, we'll we'll talk to him about. Uh, about his seven-round mock draft and a lot of the of the Giants' plans uh, going forward in the in the 2021 NFL draft. So we'll get to all of that here. Let's start with uh, with Gettleman talking a little bit about uh, about all of the the talk about what he called the urban myth about the fact that he won't trade back in the NFL draft, something he has never actually done in the eight drafts that he's run in Carolina and New York. You know, you guys don't believe me. Meanwhile, Jeremiah had a great line. NASCAR will have right right turns before DG trades back. I mean, it's a hell of a line. Had a good laugh. Um, We have, I've tried in the past. I, I honest, honest, I've tried to trade back, but it, it's going to be value. I'm not getting fleeced. I, I refuse to do it. And if, you know, somebody wants to make a bad trade back, God bless them. And, but, you know, we've had opportunities. I've tried, you know, and there, you have to understand the other piece of this, Dan, is sometimes you have a trade 
and the guy that the team is trading up for gets picked in front of you. I've had, we've had that happen to us. We got to trade. We got to trade, and the and the so and so selects no trade, Dave. Goodbye. <laughs> and they hang the phone up on me. So that happens too. I mean, it's really it's it's like it's almost becoming urban myth. I, I, I've tried. I really have. <laughs> Next up, Gettleman talks about what the Giants actually need to get uh, from their first round pick, which is the 11th pick overall heading into next week's draft. It's really hard to take a guy at 11 that you're you're betting on the the potential. He's got all the PQs, you know, he's, you know, it's, 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 it's just, you know, you know what it comes down to? I look at it this way. So I'm a Celtics fan. Don't be angry. But I'm a Boston Celtics fan. So, you know, a couple of years ago, the Celtics drafted Robert Williams out of Kentucky. He was a one-and-done guy and all kinds of potential. Well, now it's year three, and he's finally starting to play to his abilities, okay? In in the NFL, you know, I've got to be, you know, Kim, i got to be really cognizant of the, the coaches. They're under the pressure to win all the time, every Sunday. Is, is a referendum on, on their skills as coaches. And you got to be really careful when you start taking guys that high that have that much, you know, you love the physical skills, the potential, but it's, t- but how long is it going to take for it to show on the field? So that's kind of like the balance I have to, I have to get to. One of the really interesting and difficult parts of evaluating and scouting and getting ready for the 2021 NFL draft has been figuring out uh, how to judge, how to quantify, what to expect from all of the players who opted out of the 2020 college season. Next up, Gettleman talks about uh, about that process and about uh, going case by case when you look at players who opted out in 2020? No, I definitely, Ryan, there's nothing I can compare this to. <laughs> you know, you're, you're almost, with a, with a handful of these guys, it's almost like the NBA one and done. You know, they go, to, they go to college for a year and now, bang, they're in the NBA. So, you know, it's, you have to do it on a case-by-case basis. You know, it, 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 listen, they, they made a decision to opt out who am I to judge? And, you know, you watch it, it, it. Things haven't changed. It's what you do between the white lines that, that give you your value as a, as a player. And then obviously you're judging the character piece as well. But no, I don't, I don't have any preconceived notions. We've, we've uh, discussed uh, um, with uh, amongst each other, you know, in the room, the reason that reasons that a guy opted out when I, get on the zoom calls. We're still doing it. We're still in the interview process with the players. So for, you know, I've been doing two, two guys a night and like tomorrow I'll do six guys in the afternoon. Um, and we asked them specifically to, you know, tell me your story about the opt out. What, what's your journey? Like, why did you, are you, are you glad you did it? You know, you go through that process, Ryan, but again, it's, it, it it's hard because especially, you know, um, you know, Tom said it before. I mean, you know, there, there are guys that haven't played, you know, that were 19 years old the last time they played football. And, oh, by the way, this is going to be 20 months before they put it. It'll be 20 months between when the, the last time they had a, a pads on. Okay. And, I, you know, you guys know how I 
kind of, you know, talk about the underwear Olympics. I, you know, on the field, the, the game is played in pads and it's played on a, on a, on a field. So, you know, um, it, it's going to be interesting that some of the opt-out kids did a great job, showed up at their pro days and, and just, you know, uh, were outstanding, outstanding. And there were a few of those opt-out guys that showed up and looking like me. Finally, Chris Pettit, Giants College Scouting Director, talks about whether or not the 11th overall pick is too early for the Giants to uh, to use that pick on an edge rusher, and also uh, discusses the, the quality of the edge rusher class and what the Giants might be looking for. I wouldn't say there's too rich for edge rushers any year. I mean, there's edge rushers are how you win. You know, you win guys who rush the passer. Um, you know, where they are on the board, you know, we'll see how it shakes out, you know, a lot of factors to it, but I wouldn't say this, you know, there aren't guys available, you know, there's a good group. There's, there's a bunch of them. There's different ones, uh, different types, which we like. There's ones that fit our system. Um, so I think it's a good group. I think, um, you know, it's an, obviously an important position uh, that we look to fill every year, not this year over any other year. So we're going to, you know, we're going through it and we're going to hopefully, if we decide to address that, the ones there at a certain time, and he fits what we do, we take him. All right, Giants fans, that is General Manager Dave Gettleman and Scouting Director Chris Pettit talking about uh, some of the issues leading up to the 2021 NFL Draft. Let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I'll play for you my conversation with the athletic draft analyst, Dane Brugler. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Giants fans, as we continue to get ready for the 2021 NFL Draft, I'm joined now by Dane Brugler of The Athletic fantastic draft analyst who just published his his annual draft guide dane we really really appreciate you uh chiseling out a few minutes for us well anytime i appreciate having me on it hey so i have to start with this how many draft guides is it that you've done now 
So, man, uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I did my first draft guide back as a freshman at Mount Union <clears throat> in my dorm room and then uh, kind of picked up from there. So, you know, I've been making it publicly accessible for um, probably 13, 14 years now. Nice, nice. I love it. It's uh, it's a great piece of work. I really appreciate getting my hands on it every year. It's easy to read, folks. If you if you uh, if you don't have one, go get one. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the NFL draft, zero uh, percent chance you'll be disappointed. That that's the best way I can uh, put it. Uh, it's just a great resource to have, uh, both in the lead up to the draft, but also on draft weekend. So you know, if you're not familiar with a player, uh, you just flip to his page in the draft guide and. It'll have all the relevant details that you need to know about. All right. Hey, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the mock draft that you recently did as well. The seven round mock. And obviously, you know, I'm primarily focused on the giants. So I have to ask you went Elijah Vera Tucker for the giants at 11. And I have written down here in my notes that you left Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Micah Parsons, Quiddy Pay and Aziz Ojolari on the board to do that. Um, is that a scenario where you could legitimately see the Giants, you know, going with a player who would wind up as a guard for them, you know, with all that talent on the board? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there were definitely some pushback from some Giants. Some Giants fans liked it a lot. They bolster that offensive line. You know, let's get better up front. Um, others were a little more, uh, you know, not, not thrilled with it, you know, especially with some of those players on the board. And I understand that as well. Um, I I think when you look, it would be really tough to pass on one of those wide receivers, whether it it ends up being Waddle or Smith. Um, but you know, when you look at the, when you bring in Kenny Galladay, but you also have, you know, Darius Slayton's a good player, Sterling Shepard, you know, John Ross is in the fold now. I mean, not, not that that's John Ross should stop you from drafting a receiver at 11, um, but I, I think that you look at the wide receiver group and uh, also you factor in this is a strong wide receiver class. So if you really wanted a wide receiver, you don't have to do it there, but you have a chance to upgrade another position, whether that is pass rusher or the offensive line or maybe cornerback. I, that's that, that's an option as well. So I don't think this is a, a situation where, OK, if Vera Tucker's there, they have to take him. They cannot pass. I think he is one of maybe three or four sensible options uh, for the Giants there. Uh, you know, we, we know that just looking at Dave Gettleman's history, um, pass rusher is certainly in play there. Maybe the first pass rusher off the board could be at 11. Um, you know, just looking at, you know, the, the needs of this team, you know, maybe you try to find another corner to, uh, you know, you bring in a Dory Jackson, but, uh, you know, maybe you bring in another corner to compete uh, on the depth chart. Um, uh, offensive line like that I have with Elijah Vera Tucker. He's he's a plug and play guard, and some compare him to like a Zach Martin. You know, a guy that's making that tackle to guard conversion, but he has some experience at guard. Maybe not a guy that's going to get you overly excited on draft weekend, but you know he's just going to you plug him in, and he's going to start for a long time for you at a high level, and that that's never a bad thing, even if. You know, you know, some people would say the 11th pick's too high for a guy like that. But, you know, with the interior disruption that teams are able to get uh, at times, uh, that, that you need quality uh, on the interior. And Vera Tucker is definitely it. I think he's – it's also worth, you know, noting he's one of the higher floor players. You know, there's no such thing as safe in the NFL draft. But I think you could look at uh, Vera Tucker and say just, you know, there's he, – he's got lower bust potential than some of these other guys. 
All right. I have to ask you, I, let me tell you this. First of all, I, I looked at your edge rusher rankings. And we talked about edge rusher and I, I have to thank you for making me feel smart because <laughs> I have been banging the table for Aziz Ojolari. If yeah. the giants go edge rusher, I think he fits the giants. He fits Patrick Graham really, really well because he can play going forward. He can play going backward into coverage in the short areas. He can play standing up. He can play sometimes with his hand in the ground. I think he fits really, really well. So it's a two-part question. Is he worth the 11th pick, and why do you have him as your edge one? Yeah, I think right at 11, 11, 12, 13, that's where we start thinking about these pass rushers. And I think Aziz Ojolari, he's the top guy for me. Um, 20 years old and coming off a season where he led the SEC in sacks, tackles for loss, forced fumbles. So there's a lot to like about uh, the raw talent. Um, he doesn't look very big. He's 6'2", 250. But when you factor in, uh, he has 34 and a half inch arms. So he has the, the arm length of a 6'5 player. But he has the benefit of being 6'2", where – it's almost the ideal body type because you're getting a guy that can play low and play with natural leverage, but he has a length so he can set a physical edge. He, he can use that length as a pass rusher. So there's a lot to like with Aziz Audulari, uh, just the natural tools. But then you also factor in, he has the instincts. Um, he can play the run and the pass. Uh, he's not just a one trick pony. So with Aziz Audulari, I do not think 11 will be too early. Um, I, I think that in a lot of ways that makes sense. Um, so if he were the pick at number 11, I would, you know, hat tip to the Giants. I think they get the best pass rusher in the draft. And, you know, I think they get a good player. I love the fact that he's also not 21 years old yet. That just, to me, that leads to so much room for improvement, so much room for growth. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, he he missed his first year. He had a ACL, a senior year in high school. So uh, that, that carried over to Georgia, registered that first year. Uh, then as a uh, freshman, he started as a redshirt freshman at Georgia, which, you know, it, it not easy to do. Uh, and he led the team in sacks. Uh, and then this past year, like I said, let's led the SEC in, in all three of those categories. So, and you feel like he's still getting better. Um, it, character uh, is, is high. Uh, he was uh, the only freshman captain under Kirby Smart at Georgia. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot to like about Audrey Larry. It, it will not take much to, to talk yourself into him as a, as a pass rusher to consider somewhere in the teens. You, you talk about, you know, it won't take much to talk yourself into the guy. A, and I wasn't going to go here quite yet, but, but that kind of leads me to Micah Parsons. Mm -hmm. Do you have to, I mean, the talent is obvious, right. but are are the, are the character concerns and the personality concerns? I, I know that, that there's some things in his past, but, but is all that talk at this point, is it a media creation at this point, you know, with, with, or do you think that, that NFL teams like the giants might actually shy away from him a little bit? There's split opinion on it. And look, he, he, he'll be the first to admit he, he had some immature uh, decision-making in his past. And so for NFL teams, the question just becomes, okay, is he, was he an immature kid? Like most of these players are like, you know, you and I probably were uh, and you know, you matured as you got older. 
or is he just going to be a guy that's going to be a questionable decision maker, uh, especially once he starts getting first round money and gets that paycheck every week? Uh, that's what NFL teams are asking themselves. And that's something that I think the answer will be slightly different from team to team. Um, some teams might be more willing to uh, take that chance where others could be a little more conservative. So uh, it's, it's certainly a relevant talking point. And, and, you know, we could be looking back in three years and saying, you know, I can't believe we, you know, spent so much time talking about it when it hasn't been a factor at all with Micah Parsons. And, you know, he's a, he's a pro bowl linebacker, or we could be talking about it as well, you know, like we were, we were right to talk about it because here he is. And, you know, it, 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 some of those mistakes have followed him. It, we just don't know. It, it's just the hardest part about uh, drafting is some of these character stuff that uh, especially those of us on the outside, I have no problem saying, I don't know because I have not had the chance to spend, you know, time with him and get to know him. I've talked to people. I've talked to people at his high school. I've talked to people at Penn state and, you know, they've given me, uh, you know, just some of their thoughts on, on him, but what is, you know, it, it's hard to project what he's going to be in three years. Will he mature? Will he, uh, you know, uh, grow up in some areas? He, sure. He absolutely might, but he might not. So that, that it just makes it tough for NFL teams. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike, specifically to the giants, they got burned by Deandre Baker. Right. And you know, that was a, that was a Gettleman decision. When you think back on it, they got burned by Eli Apple. They, you can make the case that they made a mistake, you know, drafting Odell Beckham when they could have drafted, you know, Zach Darnold or even, or Zach Martin or even Aaron Donald, I think was on the board at that point. Although, although I didn't see Aaron Donald coming, to be honest with you. And we all know that this, this high up in the draft ownership is involved in, 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 okaying a player like this just looking at at some of the Giants history might they be a team that might be a little bit reticent to to pull the trigger on a guy like Parsons sure and I think on one side you 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 don't let past mistakes dictate you know what you do in the future but if you're not learning from your mistakes then you know you're making that you're 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 doing something wrong so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword there. You have to be able to understand, uh, okay, what, what in the past what with our process with Deandre Baker and all those guys, you know, what about our past with our, with our decision-making did we miss that led to that not working out and okay, why do we need to change this year? So we're asking the right questions. So we're, uh, you know, uh, vetting in a specific way relevant to this specific player. And I think this year there's an extra set of challenges because we don't, we didn't have the combine. So these teams didn't get a chance to meet with Mike Parsons in person. Uh, There's no facility visits. You can't bring in the past. What you do is, bring Micah Parsons to the facility for, you know, 48 hours and you have a chance to sit down with them, get to know him as a person, ask him personal questions. Um, it's not just X's and O's. It's, you know, how does he gel with our culture, with our staff? And without those facility visits, without uh, even the pro days, you, you arrive a day early, take him out to dinner. Can't do that. You know what I mean? You can bump into him after the pro day and talk for five minutes, but that's about it. So, and there's plenty of virtual visits, but uh, you know, you can only learn so much uh, through Zoom and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So it's a really interesting process. And it, it's, I, for some teams, it's probably going to make them be a little more conservative because maybe they don't have as much information as they would in normal draft years. 
Um, and so, you know, we were a year off of a guy like Isaiah Wilson going to Tennessee in the first round and, you know, not even lasting, uh, you know, a full calendar year there. He's out of the NFL after, you know, two different teams. And so this year when we have less information about these guys, I would not be surprised at all if we see teams be a little more conservative uh, than usual this year. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, second round. You have Gregory Rousseau going to the Giants at, at 42. And I love that pick there. I mean, I would hate that pick at 11, but I love that pick, you know, in terms of, of upside at, at 42. Look into your crystal ball and tell me what, what is Gregory Rousseau in three years? Do you think he's a guy who, who comes anywhere close to his upside or, or is he, you know, just another player? Uh, and that's why it's tough to figure out with Gregory Rousseau, uh, a guy that opted out. And there were some opt outs like, you know, Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. They didn't need to take another NFL snap. We knew what they were uh, as NFL player or as NFL prospects. Rousseau, not quite the case. Uh, you know, he was a wide receiver and safety most of his life, um, outgrew those positions, moved to the defensive line as a senior in high school, didn't play his first year at Miami. And then his second year, 2019, second in the FBS in, in sacks behind only Chase Young. Uh, and, you know, really put himself on the radar as being a, a possible first-round pick. But then he opts out. And so you're, we really just have one year of film to go on. And there are absolutely things to like. You know, almost 6'6". Uh, 34 and a half inch arms, huge wingspan, huge hands, uh, pretty good get off for a guy that size. I don't know that I'd necessarily call him explosive. I don't know. He's not very bendy, but when you have that length and you know, you're able to uh, win in different ways, uh, you, you could reduce inside, win over the a gap. Um, you, you just, you, uh, you know, you, and I feel like there's untapped potential there. Like, you know, there, we've, have one year of film on him. So he's going to get better in some areas. It's just trying to figure out his ceiling is really, really tough. And uh, I, I think his ultimate ceiling, like if everything just clicks perfectly, he could be in that Chandler Jones type of mold, like that type of player. Uh, but that's, that's, that's banking on a lot of development and an upside hitting, which might not be the case for him. And that's why opinions are all over the map. Some see him as a first round player. Some think, you know, you don't even consider him until the second round. It, opinions are all over. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he went, you know, somewhere in that back half of round one, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to you know round two, if he's available for the giants, uh, a really polarizing player because he has talent. But I don't know that it necessarily we know we, we can feel great about projecting his ceiling. Uh, and, and that makes it tough to draft him early. All right. Last thing for you, Dane. Uh, and it kind of goes back to taking Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. I'm curious if you how you feel about the young tackles that the Giants drafted a year ago. They surprised some people by drafting Andrew Thomas. And, and I kind of liked the pick basically because I, I, I thought he was one of the safer of, of the tackles there. Maybe not the absolute best, but, but maybe the safest. And, and Matt Pert in the third round. And the Giants, you know, their offensive line wasn't great last year. They seem to be banking on those two players improving and being able to hold down the edges of their line. And I guess the way I want to put this is in your mind, is that going to end up being a winning bet for the Giants? Uh, 
I think that I don't know. I'll put it this way. I don't know that Andrew uh, Thomas is going to uh, be able to live up to being the first tackle drafted that year, just because I think Mackay Becton and Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs are going to be high level players and probably outplay Andrew Thomas. But can Andrew Thomas be a starter uh, and maybe even an above average starter? Yeah, I think he can be um, with some more development. I think he can be that guy. So I, I don't know that, uh, you know, he's ever going to live up to being a better player, being the best tackle from that draft. But he could be a guy that you win with that can help you win football games. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I mean, uh, you know, we you, fans could live with, with uh, and focus on, you know, oh, we could have had this guy or this guy. But if he's helping you win, if he's doing his job and, you know, you're, you're, he's helping you win games, and that, that's really all that matters. So, I mean, Andrew Thomas, I, who, who he was my fourth tackle last year, um, and, you know, I, I think there were, some, there were some ups, there were some downs for him. Um, I was really encouraged by some of the developments that he made over the second half of the year. I think that's something that, uh, you know, the Giants and Giants fans should be optimistic about. Um, and then with Matt Parrott, um, I, I did really like him. He, he's a very raw player, uh, you know, Jamaican native who still was learning the game at UConn and, uh, you know, had experience at left tackle and right tackle, uh, has, you know, the size that you want, uh, the vines for arms, huge body. Um, and you feel like once the mechanics and timing become a little more consistent for him, it is really going to unlock everything. And so, it's going to take some time, I think, for Matt Parrott, but uh, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. But uh, as long as the Giants stay patient with him, I think he can get there. And I think it's absolutely fair to look at the last year's draft and say, hey, the Giants found their starting tackles uh, in, in that one draft with those two players. All right. Hey, Dane, really appreciate the time. I know that uh, I, I think everybody in the world is trying to get a little bit of your time these days. <laughs> Uh, why don't you just tell folks uh, if they if they haven't gotten your draft guide, you know how they can get a hold of it and uh, where they can follow you on Twitter and and all that. You can follow me on Twitter at DP Brugler. Um, the all my content's on the Athletic, and that's that's where the draft guide is, uh, guide is as well. All you need is, is a subscription, and it's part of your subscription. Um, I, I think it's it, the subscription's worth it on the guide alone. Um, and there's 415 reports in there, uh, over 600 players with NFL verified pro day data, um, everything you need to know about these guys. So hopefully people uh, check it out. Like I said, if you're interested in the NFL draft at all, um, I, I can promise you, you will not be disappointed by the level of detail in there. So, um, get your subscription to the athletic, you get it as part of that and enjoy all the great content we have on there. So hopefully, uh, people go check it out. All right. Thank you very, very much. And hopefully we'll talk to you again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ed. That wraps up our show for today, Giants fans. Please remember to uh, to check out uh, the Big Blue View Draft Hub page for all of your Giants-related NFL draft needs, previews, profiles, prospect rankings, and a whole lot more. Remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Big Blue View. Check out our YouTube channel. Whatever way that, that you like to consume content, there is a Big Blue View channel for you to do just that. Also, Giants fans, as always, please remember to uh, take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.